This is Jason Albert, and you are listening to Nordic Nation from Faster Skier. We are nearing the end of the Winter Olympic Quadrennial as we run up to the Pyeongchang South Korea Olympic Games in early 2018. With that marquee event on the horizon, a few things are certain. Athletes will attempt to peak for specific events, Nordic sports will garner more attention from the mainstream media, and funding for national teams will get a bit more scrutiny. With that in mind, in this episode, we have Canada's Thomas Hall as a guest. If you're into elite canoe and kayak, Hall may be a familiar name. He's a 2008 bronze medalist from the Beijing Olympics in sprint canoeing and represented Canada internationally for 20 years. He retired from professional sport in 2012. Today, Hall is a journalist and editor, as well as an interim executive director for an athlete advocacy organization called Athletes Can. I came across Hall's work in The Walrus, a Canadian publication that featured an article Hall wrote about Canada's sports funding program called Own the Podium. I'll link to that article on the Faster Skier site. Anyhow, it's a good read and poses the basic question about how taxpayer money should be spent when it comes to sport. Hey, Thomas, can I have you introduce yourself and describe a little bit about uh, professionally what you're doing right now, and then we'll kind of get into the politics of athletics and funding and so forth after. I'm uh, currently the executive director of Athletes Can, which is um, an independent athlete organization in Canada that represents Paralympic, Olympic, and uh, non-Olympic or Paralympic athletes. So all of Canada's national team, There's we have about... 3,000 members uh, at any given time, 2,000 of whom are funded by the federal government, and then the other 1,000 uh, are not, but are, you know, representing Canada all over the world. In that role, I work with government and, and uh, funding partners, and, and we are kind of like a um, players uh, association for national team athletes. In my other life, um, I am a journalist, and uh, Worked for Canadian Geographic magazine as a special projects editor there for um, about three years. Prior to that, I was on the Canadian national team for about 15 years in the sport of canoe kayak and won an Olympic bronze in 2008. And just to kind of uh, talk a little bit about your work at Athletes Can, is your advocacy work primarily related to things like boosting government funding or building efficiencies in government funding or does it translate into other aspects of sport like anti-doping for example yeah so really uh we do all of the above so we uh athletes can our, our first mission is is athlete leadership and athlete representation and those two things go hand in hand so we encourage athletes to be uh, have an active voice in their national sport organization, so Cross Country Ski Canada, uh, for example, and that uh, usually manifests itself as an athlete sitting on the board of directors or important committees within the sport, uh, having an input on things like selection criteria or funding criteria. The other side of that is that we also work on, yeah, we work directly with, say, anti-doping. Um, we also help athletes through our legal aid clinic, which is called Sports Solution. Uh, 
So if an athlete feels that they've been uh, unjustly uh, taken off a team or weren't selected, um, they, they have a, there is an avenue for appeals, and, and we help the athletes with that. Likewise with doping, um, Sports Solution can uh, help an athlete put together a case if they feel that uh, something has been unfair towards them. So yeah, it really runs the gamut. Uh, any any time an athlete needs support or needs help, we try to be there for, for them uh, in, in any way we can. Um, and then the other side of it is working directly with national sport organizations. We believe that you know, we have a good relationship with these organizations. We, we're not against them. Everyone wants to see the sports system improve. And I believe that, uh, you know, the vast majority of people in the sports system uh, kind of agree on the on the best way to move forward. The, the reality is constraints, financial constraints really have an impact on how a sports system runs. So, People are doing their best. Um, sometimes we'll disagree about what that is, but uh, at the end of the day, we're, we're, we try to work with everyone to, to make the system the best for the athletes, which we believe is the best for performance and, and the best for Canadians. So I came across your name when I was doing some background research uh, unrelated to this topic and was reading some articles in The Walrus, which uh, I think I found because I was Googling something where I described like the Canadian New Yorker. So I was trying to find an equivalent magazine, if you will, or online journal, uh, and that popped up. And one of the things that, you know, as I refined my search at the Walrus, one of the things that popped up was uh, an article called The Wrong Track that was written by you. And all of you will elaborate a bit about what it was on, but the brief synopsis from my point of view was The Wrong Track uh, your piece spoke a bit about the Canadian program called Own the Podium, which, and I might butcher this a bit, but from my understanding is an entity that funds national sport governing bodies with the specific mandate to promote meddling or build athletes that will medal at the Olympic Games. I guess in your opinion, is that how you would describe Own the Podium? Yeah, that's that's a pretty fair. Um, uh, yes, I wrote, I've written, I've written uh, maybe twenty or thirty thousand words on this, and you know that article you you referenced, the wrong track in the walrus, was about five thousand or four thousand words. So, yeah, I mean, I can go on all day about it, but that's basically it. Yeah, that's it in a nutshell. So, first off, you know, can you describe your experience as an, as an athlete in terms of you know progressing through the ranks and how? funding in Canada impacted your sport and you personally? Sure. Yeah. So I began uh, as a canoe kayak athlete way back when I was 10 years old. So which is uh, 25 years ago uh, in the nineties was on the, I, I was first on the national team, a funded national team athlete in 99 and continued until 2012. Um, I was lucky enough to be on a very strong uh, sprint canoe team. And uh, I won a bronze in 2012. Uh, in 2000, we had won a bronze. Or, sorry, I won a bronze in 2008. Pardon me. Um, uh, my main competitor and good friend won a bronze in 2012. And, and our mentor, our mutual mentor, uh, had won a bronze back in 2000. And you know, we had an Olympic champion in the 80s and et cetera, et cetera. So long history in that sport of successful athletes. Um, my career came at an interesting time in sport. So Canadian sport funding was, uh, we hosted the Olympics, the Winter Olympics in 1988. In the mid-90s, Canada uh, was 
has um, kind of gutted the, the sport budget a little bit in, a, in an effort to balance the federal budget. When we were awarded the Vancouver 2010 Olympics, uh, it was clear that uh, we needed to reinvest in, in, in sport. We had the, uh, <laughs> the dubious honor of being the only country to host the Olympics and not win a gold medal, and it had happened twice, 1976 summer and 1988 winter. So the sport community and the and, uh, pol- politicians kind of rallied around this idea that if we're going to spend all the money on hosting an Olympics, we'd better win. And so around 2002, 2003, uh, a, a group formed as kind of under the umbrella of the Canadian Olympic Committee to come up with a kind of a path as to how we're going to actually get a couple of gold medals. And, and you know, they they worked. We, we have the record, or we're now tied with the record with Russia, I think, of 14 gold medals. Uh, in Vancouver, so it was a it was a it was a success. But I watched that happen from the summer side, and on the summer side uh, of that whole Olympic movement, um, we we watched the funding flow to winter through this program called On the Podium. Summer sports kind of said, "Hey, you know, we'd like some money too. We haven't had an increase either, uh, so we got some money through uh, Road to Excellence. It was called, and eventually those two organizations merged in uh, around 2009 or 10 to form On the Podium as we know it today, which, as you said off the top, is uh, devoted to winning medals. Uh, that That's their, their, their mandate. And so, with, you know, from a superficial point of view, perhaps, if the mandate is to win medals, and in particular at, at a homegrown Olympics in Vancouver, and they tied Russia with the most ever for 14 goals, you know, on the surface – one, they met the goal, and two, it's sort of, um, I, I guess it would confirm the mission that the plan in place worked. You know, overtly, we'd think, well, great. I mean, that sounds like it's a success. On the ground, how does it impact athletes and sports in general from your perspective? Sure. So the the issue that I wrote about with On the Podium was that it was founded for a very specific reason, and that was the Winter Winter Olympics to do to win medals at the Winter Olympics. And why not? You know, I'm a hyper competitive athlete. You don't win an Olympic medal not being competitive, right? But the the issue is there's a limited pool of funding. We you know Canada the amount of money that goes into sport every year from a from the federal government which funds on the podium is about uh, $200 million total of that OTP gets around 65 uh, and then maybe tack on another 10 million from private companies, private donors. Um, so there's not a ton of money available. Uh, and so what this means is, is that we had a, this, this large increase in funding back in the early mid 2000s uh, that all went towards the top end of, of the, the funding pyramid, if you will. So it all went towards the best athletes and towards athletes that were on track to winning medals. And it hasn't really pivoted from that. So the issue is, how do you build the bottom of that pyramid? And, and I think there's a broader question, too, is now when the bulk of the money is being directed towards uh, winning Olympic medals, uh, that's that's fine. But you do have to ask what a taxpayer-funded system, what the goal of a taxpayer-funded sports system is. Is it to win Olympic medals or are winning medals, um, you know, kind of a happy outcome of a system that gets as many people moving as possible, particularly, you know, we're facing a similar obesity crisis to the one in the U.S. right now. 
kids are dropping out of sport at unprecedented rates. You know, so should we be focusing on um, medals or should we be focusing on getting as many kids into the system as possible and then moving up the ladder? My personal take was I was a very good junior. I won the Junior World Championships in 1999. And then, uh, you know, my career really ebbed and flowed in a, in big ways. And, and I was not on the, tr- other than, you know, that, that significant result as a junior, my career was not on a, a straight path towards uh, the Olympic podium. I was second or third in Canada throughout my whole career until about 2008. And really it's a testament. I think there were about three of us or four of us in Canada at that point that probably could have medaled in Beijing in, in the canoe thousand that was very strong. And I was the one that was lucky enough to, to win those trials that year. But, you know, I was not a safe bet. And the way that my, I guess, my biggest pet peeve with, with um, some of OTP is the targeted funding. So they try to actively select kids uh, or young, young athletes um, and target funding at them versus their peers. And I am a firm believer that at you know seventeen, depending on the sport, of course, but at, at seventeen, um, you know, athletes have a long way to go, both physically and and mentally, in terms of their ability to perform. And you know, personally, at at twenty, I would I would have been written off, and and I did see more money flow to to my you know competition at home. And, and I really do think that's, uh, that's a problem. A, it creates barriers for athletes who want to get into sport. And uh, B, I think, um, you know, there's a little bit of hubris involved when we think we can, we can pick winners kind of eight years out. There's a lot of kids with a lot of ability, but who knows what's going to happen. And, and at the end of the day, I mean, you show up at an Olympics and, and basically uh, that last kind of two months is all down to luck. You can train however you want, but if you get a cold at the wrong time or you sprain a finger at the wrong time, it's all done. Um, so I think having that kind of broader scope where performance is definitely part of it, but you're also looking at, at uh, kind of the, the broader impacts of sport is, is a safer bet uh, when it comes to, again, public funds. Do you know, I'm just kind of curious, and maybe you can kind of speak to your own specific sport. So for example, I'm just, you know, I pulled up this morning some, um, it's not really a spreadsheet, but it's a breakdown of comparative funding from the Vancouver Quadrennial, Sochi Quadrennial, and then the Pyeongchang Quadrennial. And uh, Vancouver cross-country skiing over the four years Prior to Vancouver is how I understand this. They received something like 4.7 million, the Sochi quadrennial about 5 million, and this current quadrennial about 2.35 million. So kind of longitudinally, uh, at least this most current quadrennial, a big cut. Do you know when OTP, you know, hands this money off to a national governing body? Is it earmarked for specific athletes or is that under the jurisdiction of um, the governing body? Yeah, I think each each sport, it's slightly different. And, I, you know, I don't know the ins and outs at canoe kayak or or that or um, cross country skiing. But, yeah, you know, it is definitely targeted at specific programs. So if you have an athlete that's already won a medal uh, or, or has just won, say, the world championships, Funding will go. It's not like that athlete just gets money in their pocket. Uh, it, that money goes to the sport organization to support that athlete in their kind of 
in the let's say the year leading up to the games, for example, or the or the four years, and that would go to um, science. So we call it IST, integrated science teams in Canada. So from physio to sports scientists um, to support that research potentially for technology. So all that money is kind of earmarked there. But what you, what we do see though is. Um, within a sport is say you've got one team that's a lot stronger than another team just making up this example but let's say the the men's canoe sprint team versus the longer distance thousand team the thousand team was stronger the thousand team would have more resources to spend than the 200 team and you know in theory that makes sense it's sport is a meritocracy but at the same time how are you ever supposed to get build up the other team if the money is funneled towards people that are already good and then the other side of that is it's funded to the people that are or it's funneled towards the programs and and supporting the people that are already good and not necessarily to the to the the kids or the the next kind of generation of athletes so you end up really focusing all your money at the top and uh having no base to that um, and, and again, yeah, it's very difficult to build up the sports that are weak. I think that's one of the major criticisms uh, of the whole program is, is how is a sport that didn't get funding, that wasn't on track to win a medal back when this started, how are they ever supposed to build up? And OTP does help plan. They, they, they do look at every sport and they do make suggestions. But, you know, uh, on a budget of <laughs> some sports are as low as two hundred or $300,000 a year, if that, you know, how are you ever supposed to to, to build a, a nationwide program on, on that kind of budget? What would you, you know, in an ideal world, and if you, you know, when you have the ear of higher-ups in, you know, Canadian government sport bodies and how they, how they fund, you know, what would you see as a possible long-term plan to build up collectively rather than isolating athletes or programs that already look as if they're on their way to a, a medal what i wrote in that in in the in the wrong track was was essentially i was just asking the question you know is this the best model um before i answer your question one of the things we ran into was was you know this this was all focused on 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 vancouver and and it, we've never actually stopped and and looked at it and said is this the best way to spend this money and what are the criteria to determine if this is the best way you know it was just medals 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 and the, and that's fine but we've never actually kind of caught our breath and looked at it that's happening as we speak there's a there's a, a review um, by the federal government of targeted excellence. So it's not a review of on the podium and their operations, but it's more of a review of the philosophy and, and uh, from what I understand, at least, of, of the philosophy and what we want to see in the, in the sports system and what the best way forward is. So it is, a, it is very different. I mean, in an ideal world, we'd have enough money that we could do both, right? That we could continue funding the best athletes like we are now. There are definitely some parts of OTP's programming that are great and, and have a positive influence. But, uh, you know, it's a it's a bit of a zero sum game at the moment. It's it's kind of one or the other. And I, I personally believe that there is enough money in the system now that we can split some of that money so we can earmark more towards development, whether it's development of, you know, the next Olympic medalist in canoe kayak, a strong and, you know, a strong sport already uh, with strong senior athletes. Um, but giving giving canoe kayak the ability to go back and focus on 
uh, development. And likewise with cross-country skiing, you know, a, a sport in Canada that has a rich history, um, you know, letting them focus on their next generation of athletes while also supporting their top athletes. I think, you know, that I think there is enough money in there to do that. Uh, and frankly, for Canada, I mean, if, if, if winning medals is what we want to do, over the years, there have been less and less sports that are receiving this quote-unquote top-up excellence funding. Really, if we want to ever get close to competing with China and the U.S., which we don't try to do on the summer side, but, but uh, you know, we need to spread we need to spread our medals across more sports. Uh, there's there's no doubt about it because it's it's too concentrated right now. So, you know, the ideal situation is more money. I think the most the realistic scenario is spreading that wealth a little bit, kind of down the down the sport pyramid, whether it's within a sport um, or uh, or across different sports uh, and getting more people active. My personal personal take uh, is that, you know, given given how kids are, are um, growing up these days, we need to get more people active, more people in sports. Uh, and, you know, that's that's where I think the, the most valuable investment is, uh, for sure, is just, just getting people moving. But when it comes to medals, yeah, spreading the wealth a little bit more is critical. So here, here's kind of a question. And I'm curious just to get your um, perception on this. You know, you won a bronze medal in the Olympics, which Canada probably like uh, the U.S. Like the Olympic medal is the benchmark. It's the career maker. And <laughs> yeah. I remember I was in Finland this world championship cycle for cross-country skiing and Alex Harvey, who you might be aware of, won the premier male event, which is the 50-kilometer uh, distance race. And I'll have to go back and check my recording, but I remember him making this remark. He's like, well, it's not an Olympic medal. So I still have that to, to, to aspire to, which I was like, wow, okay, there must be a lot of pressure on these, these athletes. I mean... Um, so that said, like you've been there, you've won an Olympic medal and I'll let the, you answer this, but like, did your life change or how did it change if it did? No, you know, it didn't, I wouldn't say it changed. I mean, did it, so, I mean, a guy like Alex is, is, and to win the 50K, I mean, you have to be insanely competitive. I don't even, I can't even fathom how he keeps that fire burning for that long of a race. My race is only four minutes and it's a very long four minutes and very painful four minutes, but it's a lot easier to, to keep, to fight for at least personally for the, for that amount of time than it is for 50 K. But, but, um, I no, you know, my life certainly didn't change. I think there's a, there is this huge emphasis on Olympic medals and, and yes, every single athlete out there that is competitive and on the senior circuit is, you know, that is the dream. I, and that was my dream. But until I actually won it, I never thought it would come true. And winning it, you know, there is this great moment where it's like, you know, I did pretty much everything right. I've been asked, hey, could you have won second or, or even won the race? And my answer is no. <laughs> the other two guys were faster. So I'm very content with my with my bronze. And so I am lucky in that respect that uh, when I finally hung up my paddle, I could say, yeah, well, I did, you know, I did it. But there are a bunch of things I didn't do in my sport. I, you know, I didn't win that world championship medal in a C1 event, which was the premier 
premier event for us, and I would have loved to. And then there are, there are a few things undone. But in terms of money, no, you know, it certainly made no impact, no change in my life and financially that lasted beyond the year. And yes, I would say it's opened doors for me. But I see plenty of athletes that don't have Olympic medals, uh, but are, um, you know, savvy marketers and, and have had way more doors open for them. So it is difficult. I think Canada is a very different beast than the U.S. when it comes to sponsorship and medals, though. I mean, a lowly bronze in the Summer Olympics in the U.S. doesn't 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 mean much. I remember watching Michael Phelps at the same time win eight golds, and uh, it just puts things on a whole. You know, our joke around uh, the cute kayak tent when when that was going on was, wow, it's like uh, our best athletes at our Canadian nationals win eight golds if everything goes perfectly. And here, this guy just did it at the Summer Olympics. So, uh, you know, what I think one Olympic medal helps me maybe help me sleep better at night for a couple of years but at the end of the day I tried to go to 2012 and I didn't make it and my main competition at home uh, did and he won a bronze which is which is awesome but you know would I have liked to have gone and, and tried to defend that medal or better it definitely so I think we're always hungry and we're always you know every athlete always wants to to win <laughs> and uh, and alex is is uh, is certainly a star right now yeah the reason i kind of wanted you to answer that is that i'm wondering if like an identical piece or a similar piece to the one you wrote in the walrus came out from an athlete who you know hadn't won an olympic medal how that would have come across i mean you speak with some authority by default because one is you're a highly competitive athlete and two, although you may not have benefited specifically from own the podium, you speak to, you know, as one of the very small percentages of Canadian citizens who actually has an Olympic medal. And so by critiquing a funding program, it, it, you might have a bigger audience in terms of who might listen to you, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, 100%. And that's part of the reason why I felt like I was able to write it um, uh, was I, you know, I did. And I think the funny thing is, yes, I did. So everything went right on uh, on that August afternoon in 2008. And, and, and I did win it. I mean, the the reality is there are um, you know so many athletes at every games who either just don't make like, you know, I'd said earlier, there were probably three of us at that time in Canada who could have done that. Um, and I was the one lucky enough at trials and at World Cups to earn the spot for Canada and then the one lucky enough not to mess up, which can just happen to the very best athletes, uh, not to get sick, not to sprain a finger or a shoulder or, um, you know, all those things that have to come right. So the irony is, yeah, I was the one I, I was I'm able to, to have that voice. But I, I think in Canada, we and through OTP, this focus on medals uh, can you know bestows some authority on on an athlete like they they know something more than say someone else when the reality is it's uh it's a <laughs> it's a bit of a crapshoot you get lucky i mean a guy like michael phelps isn't lucky he's in a whole other stratosphere but those of us that that you know s scrape out a medal um i feel like i it's part of my responsibility to to a at least question if this is a, a smart idea um because it doesn't quite sit well with me and then be ensure that I, I can be a bit of a voice for um the athletes that weren't 
as lucky, and I mean luck, uh, as I was, um, you know, who, who maybe got sick at that inopportune time and didn't get their chance at the games. Did you get any, I'm just curious if there was any pushback. I think you published this piece about a year ago. Yes, I um, <laughs> I published the, the piece. I was actually in Rio when it was published, um, working with the Canadian Olympic Committee as a volunteer. So I, I think some people saw this originally. I mean, until you actually sit there and read it closely, if you work, say, with OTP or you know you're you're committed to to that model, you might find it, I don't know, maybe insulting. I don't think that's the right word, but you might find it as an attack on the program. It's not an attack on the program. It's a question. And um, so, so I think there was some initial, you know, hey, what are you doing? You know, what's your problem or what do you have to complain about kind of thing? But really, I'm just asking a question that is about taxpayer money in Canada, what the best way to invest it is. And, and I don't have an answer. I have my own kind of answer that I spoke to earlier, but I don't think that that's the right answer. I think um, you, we needed to have the kind of analysis that's going that the federal government's doing right now. And I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think it's healthy. We, we should be having these discussions about how sport funding is doled out when, when there isn't a ton of it to go around. So yeah, was there... Was there any pushback? I got a lot of, um, I got actually, I thought there would be a lot more pushback. I was surprised and, and shocked by the amount of people that came up to me and said, thank you for writing that off the record. You know, these people, <laughs> people in, in important positions would come up and say quietly, just nudge me and say, hey, you know, great work. I, I think we really need to have this conversation. And again, it wasn't this, you know, I disagree with ODP. It was, we've never had this conversation. It's been 10 years. Let's really talk about it, analyze it and see what the best, the best option is. All right. Well, thanks for your time. I really appreciate you having the conversation. Yeah, you too, Jason. Take care, man. I hope you enjoyed the interview with Hall and thanks for listening to Nordic Nation. 